Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. I threw you off that time and you picked it up. I did. <laughs> you have to get up pretty early in the morning. That's right. That's right. That was flawless. I you was know, impressed. Yeah. I wanted to throw you off. You didn't. And if you're tuning in for the first time, you have no clue what we're talking about. And if you've heard our intro a thousand times, you know that it was slightly different. But Nobody's okay. heard it a thousand times. This is our 200th episode. Dun, da, da, da. Happy 200. 200th. Wow. We've been, we've yeah. been on the airwaves. Yeah. So if you want Is that what they call the it? Other airwaves or I, the pod waves? I have no idea because this is your generation stuff. I'm asking what your generation calls it. Radio stuff. <laughs> anyway eight track stuff yeah eight track this is you get you get your eight track at your favorite dime store you that's know. funny Did, the dime you, store i remember dime stores yeah i used to walk believe it or not i used to walk a mile to go to a dime store really yeah in chicago lived in chicago and we lived uh every chicago is a bunch of little communities yeah and you in each community i think at least ours had an uptown area we didn't have a downtown. That was the big part of the city. Oh. So in this area where we had like a lot of stores, it was called Uptown. Okay. And then everywhere else was just houses, you know, pretty much. So you'd walk to the Uptown area and uh, there was a dime store there. And it was right next to a slot car racing store. Uh-huh. Did you remember slot cars? Did you yeah. ever yeah. have a slot car where you put it on a track and... Well, they had whole stores that had tracks throughout the whole store and like 10 lanes and you'd go there... And you'd rent time, and you'd race other people. They still have a couple of those. It's rare, but they still have a couple of those. Boy, that was that was vintage. Vintage. Even yeah. then, it was vintage. Oh no, I mean now. I oh mean, yes. They still have it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, that was. I mean, we used to love that. I actually know a guy who uh, who builds like storage boxes for him. Really? Yeah. He cool. comes to he comes to our men's retreat. Cool. Well, I used to have cars like that, and used to change their tires if I didn't get the traction I wanted. I mean, it was like you had your own little pit area. And you would work on these cars and try and beat everyone that's there. Yeah. And it was kind of fun. I mean, it was really something, you know, you'd walk, I'd walk a mile to the place with the car in my pocket. Yeah. You know, you pay 50 cents or something for an hour and race everybody and then go home and tweak it. So the dime store was kind of like the modern day dollar store. Yeah, it is. It was. There were so many things in there for a dime. But then I remember I went home after a while and asked my dad, why do they call it a dime store? There's nothing in there for a dime anymore. <laughs> Anyway, there was a, the real name I think is Woolworths. 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 Well, they had a, a soda fountain in it. Yeah. Every uptown area had a soda fountain. So you go into a, a dime store like that, and you could sit down and have a root beer float. So where would I go to find a pop fountain? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know, but it, the soda fountains. Oh, okay. If you listen to my dad's stories, he worked at a soda fountain when he was a kid in the city of Chicago. Really? And it was very popular. It, you know, it was a very popular thing for a store to have a counter where they sold soda pop. Yeah, some kind of of you know lemonade, soda, whatever, and root beer floats, and and uh, people would go there and gather. It was yeah. a real gathering spot. Huh. So kind of like modern day bars, probably only soda. Only soda. Yeah, maybe it came out of the prohibition era or something. I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure. That's cool. Anyway, we were talking last program, last podcast, whatever you want to call it. Episode 199, so if you missed it, head over to Relate365.com. And just search for episode 199. That way you get the preface. Yeah. Because we got carried away a little bit, and we got talking, and we never really got to the hunk of the matter. We did. I'll take responsibility for that. It's not hard to get me go walk doing da- a tangent. Dave doesn't talk that much. No, not hardly at all. Shy. Yeah. Shy. 
But we're talking about how Jesus would correct somebody and how you do correct somebody when you know they're wrong and how you're concerned for how you correct them because you don't want to squelch their enthusiasm. Right. But you do want them to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we do invite you to go back and get that program. And I want to talk a little bit about and throw this by you, uh, Jason, Mark chapter 13, because Jesus is with his disciples and he kind of talks to them about the end of life Yep. uh, and what's going to happen. So Mark 13, one, I'll read it. And And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, that wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, do you see these great great buildings? There will not be one, excuse me, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And it's an interesting answer. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Jesus doesn't call him a nutcase or anything. He, The guy comes out, Jesus comes out, and a disciple who in this book remains nameless, so mm-hmm. we don't know who it is, Yeah, uh, asks him the question, uh, and he's kind of doing it, it, probably just a normal conversation. Look at the wonderful buildings that we have built. Look at the temple. Look at the mm-hmm. look at the things man has done. Yeah, isn't it amazing, Jesus? Well, and I think you go downtown Chicago, L.A. or something. I mean, there are buildings there that you have to sit there and go, "Wow, that's that's pretty amazing." You know how how they put it together, how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's what he's doing. But Jesus says, you know, I want to put this in perspective for you because Jesus doesn't have a perspective. He says, uh, you do know that all this stuff that you're focusing on right here is not going to be here one day. It's not going to last. Yeah. As wonderful as it is, it's not going to be something that's going to be here forever. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's an interesting answer. Yeah. Where's he going with this? So he, then he goes on and he talks in the third verse as he sat on the Mount of Olives. So he started to use it as a teaching moment. Uh, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things be? And what will the sign be when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray. Another, and again, I think that's interesting beginning. He's warning them. People will lead you astray. That's what Satan does best, by the way. Yeah. People will lie to you. Make sure that if you're believing something about the future and you're going to pin your hope on it, mm-hmm. that you know it's true. Yeah. Because there are people who do lie. Uh, many will come in my name saying I am he and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils. You will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. I stop there because I think, wow, these guys have asked a very simple question, like when is the end going to happen? Yeah. And Jesus won't answer them. Mm -hmm. 
why don't you think he answers them directly? I mean, he gives them, there's signs, there's this, there's that. And by the way, at the end of it, you're not going to know how to deal with it anyway. So just listen to the Holy Spirit at that moment. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he answer them? I think it. I think it's because it, he doesn't want to change the way that they would. Like it shouldn't change the way that they live, even though. They, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, I as a teacher, um, I remember so often, and still in the Nicolay Bible Institute, I give exams. Right. And so I give exams, and you usually have a specific date you give exams. Mm-hmm. Do you remember getting those in college? Oh yeah. How far ahead of time did you study for them? Uh, usually the day before. Yeah. You know, and well, and and even even with that, like you learned with each professor how they did it. Right. And so then you'd start studying the way that each one did it. So let me ask you this: Was the goal to really learn something or get a good grade? To do well on the test. To get a good grade. Yeah. That's the goal for most people. What is the goal of the teacher? To educate. Yeah. So there's two different goals happening here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One is that you actually learn the material, and one is that I get a good grade and at least appear like I learned the material. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not unusual, so I'm not beating anybody up. I'm, that's yeah. pretty normal. As a teacher, my great struggle is I want my students to learn. Yeah. I get really upset with them, actually, in my head, not to their face, when they want to know the minimum they have to do, when they want to know when this is due because I'm not going to start it till the night before. Yeah. Because I know you can't learn that way. That's not how you learn. You don't learn by shoving stuff into your head for uh, you know five hours and then you forget it after that. Mm-hmm. That's not learning. So my goal is that you learn and you be prepared for life. And I have a segment to teach you, and I'm hoping to teach you that you learn it. Mm -hmm. And that's anybody's goal. So I I look at Jesus here through my teacher eyes. Right. Thinking, he's thinking, okay, you're asking, why would anybody want to know when the end is? So that they know how much time they have. What would it matter? Well, that's what he's getting at. But I think for some people, if they knew the end, they might live differently. Doesn't this, doesn't life change quickly? Very much so. Look at our current circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking, as I was thinking through this passage, I thought every day, all through history, lives have changed and never gone back to where it was. Yeah. So one day I got a phone call. My dad had a heart attack and died. Mm-hmm. Everything changed from that day on for me. Everything. It never went back to the way it was. Yeah. If I wanted to look back now and say, oh, I wish we could go back to the way it was, I, you can't. Right. There's, there's no possible way to do it. What, you got married how many years ago? Uh, seven and a half. Okay. I got married 40 years ago. I've never been the same since. Right. I, there's no possible way. Have you ever heard of guys getting married and thinking or talking to you or thinking about, wow, boy, things have changed so much. I, I wish it was the way it was before I got married. Hmm. Well, it can't be. Exactly. Right. It, and it will never be. Mm-hmm. You can try all you want to make it the way it was, but it will never be. Right. So healthy people do not keep looking backwards saying, I wish it could be the way it was, because it can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had three children. Yep, absolutely. And as of today, they're healthy young boys and enjoying being a part of your family, yep. as far as I can see. When you had one child, it changed everything about your life. Mm-hmm. 
Have you ever, as a parent, now you've got three, have you ever thought, oh, the good old days before we had kids? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's healthy not to, by the way. Yeah. It, it's not bad to look back and say, you know what, I, during those days we could actually go to dinner and have a yeah. conversation without somebody throwing applesauce in my face. You know, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is there, there are people that live in the past so much that the future they can't deal with. Or even the present. Yeah, or the present. Right. Because it robs them. Uh, right now, during the coronavirus um, tragedy that our nation is going through, there, there are many that are saying, you know what, I'm afraid life will never be the same again. And I look at him and I go, you're right. Yeah. And that happens on a regular basis. Uh, today I'm going to do a, a, a funeral uh, in town. And the person who died, um, their family will never have it the same again. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it really is in life. Yeah. I think what Jesus is talking about is, look, there, we all know this. Um, we all know that in the end, God is going to win this thing. Mm-hmm that everybody will proclaim that he's God. We know that he's in charge. You knowing exactly when he's gonna end the world, if you're really living the way you should, would not change anything about the way you live. Mm-hmm. So he's telling them, I'm not telling you. Right. There will be these things though that go on. L- listen to what he said about the things. He said, um, don't be alarmed. You know, there's things that need to be done. There's going to be nations that rise against nations. Has that happened all the way through history? Mm-hmm. Kingdom against kingdom. There'll be earthquakes. Have earthquakes happened all the way through history? Yep. There'll be famines. Yep. Now, these are all things that I think Jesus is pointing to saying, you know what, I wish it wasn't this way. This isn't the way it was intended to be. Sin has brought all kinds of stuff into the world, and, and now the world is a temporary place, and we're going to destroy it. You know I mean? Sorry. Yeah. Don't, in this guy, remember, put it in context. The disciple was looking at the physical stuff of the world. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, you do realize the world's broken. Mm -hmm. This isn't where you want to have your hope. You you don't want to have it in this world because it's broken. And he just goes through and names some things that have happened all through history that show that it's broken. Um, We've had tsunamis. We've had... We've uh, up here at camp. We had a tremendous storm last year, and you know it just showed how helpless would that be a good word? Yeah, we can become. Do you think that this facility will ever be the same after last year's storm? Mm-mm. No, no, it, it can't be. Right. Um, it's funny how how many people come up to me at times because I've been here for fifty three years, and they'll come up and say, "Boy, camp isn't what it used to be," and I just look at them like, "Is there something wrong with your thinking?" It's never going to be what it used to be. Right. And I don't say it that way. It's just my brain. You, know, <laughs> you say it inside your brain. Yeah, I say it inside my brain. No, but I think it's a common thing that a lot of people try to live in the past or the, you know, was it your generation that, you know, the glory days, you yeah. know, the good old days. Yeah. You know, but it's like, hey, and, and so you try to recreate. I mean, oftentimes a lot of people, if they had a good time or something went really well, they try to recreate. It. It's like, oh, I just want it to be how this was, you know, whether it be in life, whether it be in even even the way church is, right. you know, or whatever it is, you fill in the blank. You know, I wish, oh, I wish we could do it the way that we used to. It's like, no, I'm like, things have changed. Yeah, we so You have to define the new new because yeah. in a, a little bit down the road, it's going to be even different. 
And, and you might be saying, well, let me, let me change according to what's coming up in the future. Well, right. well, here's what we know for sure in the future, which is very little, by the way. Yeah. We know in the end again. We, first of all, I know for sure every human being is going to die. Yeah. You're either going to be raptured out of here, you're going to die, but every human being is going to be. So I guess that's a certainty that I should prepare for. Right. We know for sure that God wins in the end. So it seems to me that it would be wise to know who he is, enjoy who he is, accept the fact that he loves you and accept Christ as your savior, be in his family and be on, uh, in his family and on his team. I, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I really don't know anything else. I mean, I really don't know. I think sometimes evangelicals have gotten together through the years and argued about what's actually going to happen at the end. Hmm. And it divides them. Right. It's like, I don't know. I have a, I teach theology. I have a belief of what's going to happen at the end. Right. However, what I know for sure is that Jesus is going to come back imminently. Mm -hmm. And we're told that he is going to come back imminently. Yeah. So you live that way. Right. That's it. I mean, that's what we have to teach. Right. And I think the dilemma is, is so many of us get caught up in the, in the here and now, and we forget about the fact that we're living for more than the here and now. Right. You know, and it takes, it takes drastic things oftentimes to bring us back into perspective, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be a, you know, somebody passing away, that's a 9-11, you know, 9-11 or a school shooting. You know, I mean, I remember when I was younger, when we had like seemingly what was the first school shooting, Columbine. Right. You know, and then there were stories and, and things that came out of that. And I remember a phrase even as a young person that that I remember to this day. And I don't know who said if it was at the time, Cassie Bernal, yeah. who, you know, but it was a phrase that said, you should live your life as if you were to face eternity at any moment. Right. And that's essentially what, what Jesus is getting at here. It's like, it doesn't matter right. if it's today, tomorrow or... 2000 years from now. Right. So just live your way, live your life in a way that it can happen at any moment. And and in other areas of scripture it says it'll come like a thief in the night, you know, and I think that's a great example why because you don't plan on a thief coming in your house in the middle of the night. They just right. do. And it catches you off guard per se. But what Jesus is trying to get at is it, it shouldn't really catch you off guard. Yes, it'll be a surprise, but it shouldn't be a surprise because it shouldn't change the way that you're living. And that's the challenge. Yeah. You know, is that whether or not you know you're going to die a year or 50 years from now, the idea is or whether that, that you should be living your life, as, as you say all the time, with no regrets. Yeah. And I think that's the heart of it. So even as we as we try to apply that principle to the current pandemic that's going on with COVID-19, I think it has a lot of people thinking because life is changing and we don't even know how it's changing yet. We just know it's going to be different. Right. We don't know what yet. Why? Because it's not over yet. Right. You know, 10 years from now, we might look back and be like, oh, wow, look at what we used to do. Yep. Who knows? But yep. that's, that's, that, that's how it goes. And you just have to adapt and say, all right, God, where do, you, where do you want my heart at? What do you want me to do? And I think for a lot of people, you know, relationships have become an even a more important thing mm-hmm. and how valuable relationships are. Why? Because when you social distance at home, we long more for those things that we yep. often take, took for granted. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because this whole chapter, if you look at it, it's basically starting off with a disciple talking about man and all of his accomplishments and what he can do. Yeah. And God is saying, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Right. You should be focusing on on what I can do. And you should be focusing on the certainties of life. And those buildings you're looking at aren't even certain. You think they'll never go anywhere? 
Now, you and I, Jason, are talking about them in the relics of history, in the ruins, as our summer The ruins, that's right. History. E- even towards the, the latter part of this chapter, verses 14 to 23, I'm not going to read that all, but uh, Jesus goes on to say, you know, that it's going to be a really, 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 really rough time. Yeah. Those people that are godless, it's going to be rough. And all of a sudden it's going to happen and they, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And there will be no answer because there will be, God will have turned his back at that moment. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus is basically talking about is, you know, mankind can work all they want at trying to build buildings and solve problems. And you can make all the T-shirts you want with a strong adjective after it, you know, whatever, like Boston Strong or whatever you want to do. You can do that if you want. Right. However. Right. You're not going to be able to control some things. Mm-hmm. And if you think you can, just live long enough to realize you can't. Yeah. And those who actually are wise are going to spend time developing their relationship with me. And during those times of uncertainty, they're not going to allow their feelings to run them or destroy them. They're going to focus on what they know, and they're going to know my love, and they're going to know that I care, and they're going to know that I will bring them through this. And they're going to know that in the end, that I win, and they'll want to be standing right next to me. You know, one of the really weird things to think about is um, that God doesn't really need us to do his work. Mm-hmm. And we all want to make ourselves vitally important to his work. Right. And it's part of our human nature or something. We want to know that we're significant. But the significance in life doesn't come from God depending on me. Mm-hmm. It comes from him wanting me and me listening to him. Right. And all of a sudden, he could use my life for something that's significant. I mean, there are times, and there have been so many times, where I have felt totally helpless. Totally. And those have been very good times in my life because they've caused me to force, forced me to look at God and to talk to him. I mean, I've had um, heart issues. I've been in the hospital with a, a pulmonary embolism, which the doctor was very concerned about. There were times where, and you know what? There was nothing I could do about any of these things. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. I, I just had to go through them. And, and just waiting, knowing that, you know, it doesn't matter um, the science, the nothing matters at this point as far as being able to cure this. Um, and it, what you feel is a total, uh, not emptiness, what you feel is a total weakness. Yeah. And yet you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm an old football hockey player. I, I've done this in life. I, I pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Yeah. This should be Dave Strong. You know, I mean, I can get through this. And it's almost as if God's saying, well, I can bring you through it. Mm-hmm. But you don't have anything really to say about it right? at this point. Well, and I think that's a great reminder for all of us is the, is the idea that oftentimes we want to think that we're in control. Yep. But it takes, you know, certain circumstances to remind us that we're not in control. God's the one in control. You know, even when it doesn't seem like it, you look around at this COVID-19 thing and many people would say, well, if God's in control, why is he, you know, why is it happening? Well, that's not how it works. Right. He's still sovereign over it. Right. But there's still sin, you know, and that's, that's why we need to lean on him all the more. So does that mean since God's in control that I don't have to watch what I do at all? Because whatever will happen will happen. Is this a fatalism kind of thing? No, not at all. No, there's a responsibility behind it too. Yeah. Yeah. How does responsibility work? I mean, God doesn't need me to do the work. 
he doesn't need me. He could do whatever he wants. He can make sure I don't get sick. Mm-hmm. So if I get sick, is that because he wants me to get sick or because I wasn't careful? It's because you weren't careful. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I was careful and it- And maybe it's it, just the way it is. Right, absolutely. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Okay. Everybody in the world's gonna die, right? At some point, yep. From what? Something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, I don't know what. I don't know what, something. And if you think of your life and project it down the road, whenever, whenever you're not gonna be here anymore, nobody right now can tell me how that's gonna happen. Right. So it could be cancer, it could be you die of old age, it could be a car wreck, it could be, who knows? I mean, fill in the blank with the way people, you know, leave this world. Yeah. Um, But the truth is you are going to die. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to happen either from COVID-19 or it's going to happen from something else. Yeah. You might say, well, I'm just not ready for it. Isn't that what we're talking about? That that's what that's what Jesus is saying. Mm-hmm. You should be ready. Yeah. Not because you're expecting a certain time. I, obviously, if God said on this date in history at this time you're going to have a heart attack and die, okay, okay. You know, if people listen to younger, older, uh, they can go back and, and listen to a program we did with Nate. Yeah. Nate is no longer here. He's in the presence of the Lord. He uh, died of cancer. He's one of our staff here at Silver Birch Ranch, and uh, we did programs as long as we could. And then he um, wasn't able to do them anymore. But one of the things he said to me, and I think he said it on air, was he thought it was a privilege to be able to die slowly of cancer. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Dave? I know what I'm going to die from most likely. You don't. Right. I have time to prepare for that moment. Mm. He said, I pity those people who get caught unaware. And I thought, okay. Now, he didn't say it in exactly those words, but that's the message he gave me. Yeah. And I thought, that's a really interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. I get the privilege of knowing what most likely is going to take me, and I get to make things right with all the people in my life. I get to, to, to prepare for that moment. I get to make sure my family's cared for. I get to do all these things. And he was actually considering that a privilege. Yeah. That God was putting him on a, on a path where he could do that. Right. And I thought that is really a, a healthy attitude because the truth of the matter is if somebody crosses the street today and gets hit by a bus, they didn't have that time. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, if you read Mark 13, what Jesus is talking about. Yeah. What you need to realize is that nobody knows the time of the end. Nobody mm-hmm. knows when the exam's going to happen. Nobody knows when the term papers really do. So you better have it ready. Yeah. And I would encourage our listeners not to be looking at a time frame forward, but to be understanding that the time frame forward means that one day the certainties are you're going to die, you're going to face God, he's going to be in control, he's going to win. And so you need to adjust your life according to the realities. Mm-hmm. And if we want to put our hope and our trust in people, we're going to be very disappointed because they won't be able to deliver. Right. And uh, I encourage you to go back and read Mark chapter 13 yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you know, in light of all things, not to be sober minded, but I think it's important. Like as we look around and, and this COVID-19 things going around, it's just it, to, as a reminder of eternity and what we're here for and living for. It's always 
good to have a grounding and a foundation to go from. And, and hopefully it's an, been a refreshing time just to get back in relationship with God. If you've been too busy, now you've been forced to slow down. Absolutely. You know, I think that's a good thing. So uh, I encourage you to, to head over to late365.com where you can re-listen to this or even check out some other podcasts, if, especially if you have the extra time. Yep. Um, otherwise, we will see you here next time. I'm Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.